It's Survivor's Friendly Fire Show, episode 214 for end of September, start of October. This is pre-recorded. I'm really sorry. I'm in Italy, hopefully eating a lot of pizza. Uh, but we're getting close to PAX Australia when I get back. And that's what we're talking about today. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve Wright. Joining me is Ben Salter, uh, who, by the time this comes out, really, you'll almost be sleeping on that couch eventually when you get to melbourne yeah well yeah well i haven't been to pax for years neither have you because it hasn't been on so what's been off for the last two three years and we're we're back in melbourne we're back in proper packs we're in the convention center it is when if you're listening to this when this show is coming out it is like the next weekend so not the not the one that's in a couple of days the one after uh yes very exciting i think so we can Doesn't talk matter. about it more the week before or something. We'll figure it out. I got really excited. I'm just really excited to to go on holiday, to be honest, but also to go to PAX um, and, and yeah. see people, to just go and grab a beer with you, to go and like see half the people that write for this website that I literally haven't seen or have seen in like, like Jay, I think Jay came over and dropped off some beer because he always does every Christmas. He's such a lovely man. But like we did the weird thing of like, I think he came in, but we like stood at like opposite ends of my house being like, hello, how are you? Like waving at each other from like the length of my living room. Like it'll just be nice to see people. Um, yeah. Properly see be, people. Well, because the Australian gaming community, by which I mean people who work in it, but more so just people who are into the whole culture. Uh, would get together every year at PAX. It was a, a massive thing, really. I think it might be a little smaller this year in terms of the numbers of people going just for that reason. I think people are going out a little less. Everything's so expensive. Buying tickets for this type of thing is maybe dropped away. But the people who are there are going to have a great time. So yes. I think it's exciting to come back, come back together. I think it'll be more relaxed than previous ones. Like People were a bit antsy sometimes and kind of wanting to get to the next thing. Uh, not having had one for a while, hopefully it's, it's a bit more chilled. Um, but yeah, we're excited. The main thing you should be excited about is you're on a panel. So <laughs> I I won't be there because I'll be flying over to Melbourne at the time. But you'll be there. So I will. Give us a plug. And like, well, I'm, I'm not going to give you a plug because you're not going to be there, one. And two, you don't really need to be there because I think, one, you're experienced enough in, in the industry in Australia to not need the panel. Uh, but two... I don't feel like you're really like trying to shop around your freelancing at this point. But again, you're more than welcome to. But and, and and three, like you don't need to get tips on how to pitch to me because if you want to write something, Ben, by all means, you, it's approved. Um, but that's what the panel is. It's at four o'clock on Friday uh, in the Drop Bear Theater. It's a panel with myself, uh, Shannon Grixty from Press Start. There's Edmund Tran from Games Hub. Uh, Seamus Byrne from bite side and alice clark who is a freelancer and writes for the oz i think that's everybody i hope so sorry if i forgot you um mm. and the panel's about how to pitch um so i'm not going to give too much away obviously because that's the beauty of coming to the panel to find out but um i think we're, we're, we're a good set of people from various different backgrounds and like different sizes and, and styles of media outlet where we can give perspectives on you know like how you want to pitch to uh, an outlet that's owned by a national media corporation, as an example. Or, on the other hand, this little, like, mom-and-pop show that I try to run without a mother, but you know what I mean. Um, so, like, that, I think that'll be useful to people that are kind of just curious uh, as to how to 
get into this industry if that's what you're curious about and it's yeah like it's not it's not like a how to get a job in the industry panel that like everyone has i think it's more like a if you want to write here's how you can start setting yourself up to like prepare and to you know have a portfolio and here's how to engage people um Hmm. i'd like to talk about like internships and stuff because obviously we have ethan along as our second intern from rmit in melbourne so there's all these angles that i think are, are interesting especially if you are um a writer a budding writer a veteran writer whatever or you're just curious to see how the internals of a australian media outlet works i guess yeah well i think you should even if you're not interested in getting into that yourself go along to hear how it works because people often want to know you know how do you how do you do this where do all these articles come from uh how come there are different names here like a lot of people may still assume it's the old school magazine way of you just have 10 staff and they're there full time they're doing this thing that doesn't really exist for any outlet so like even the bigger ones they're largely staffed by like one or two people um and then they just have some freelancers who often have other jobs or they freelance for a bunch of places they certainly don't sit in an office together they're at their own house they may never even see each other um so it's it's a interesting insight into how that all comes together to be honest even back in the magazine days that's more or less how it worked you'd have an editor maybe a deputy maybe one staff writer and everyone else um was just freelance uh, yeah. And that was when there was money in this industry. So it's it's, <laughs> it's interesting to hear how it happens. Um, you know, even especially if you're going to discuss like lead times and that type of thing, and how like a review works. I'm sure a lot of people don't know that, yeah. especially when it's a freelancer doing it. Like, how much time do they get to play it, to write it, all that type of stuff? You need some time to edit it, obviously. So probably those things that people don't think about when they just come in and want to get angry about the number you put at the end or something like that. <laughs> and even that, like scoring a game for different outlets. Like everyone has a different scale. A lot of people just assume a 7 out of 10, it's the same everywhere, but it's not. So yep. uh, all that stuff you may hear more about. I think I think, I think think you're right. I think we will. Uh, and I will I will uh, tease a little bit. If you're from Sydney and you like want to write, uh, it's really easy to get a preview out of Survivor anyway. So like that's that's the sneak peek on uh, how to pitch to us. Oh, In my opinion. Your... I don't want to fly to Sydney for like an hour game anymore. It's too long. It's too hard. It takes all day. So mm. there's your in. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to say about packs? Like, I don't know if there's a lot of stuff actually going really. on in terms of people or games or things happening, but like, it it it's no, it's not really about that. It's about the community and about getting That's together and thing. celebrating games. So, well, what would what would you say your tip is for packs or even game conventions generally? How do you get the most out of a day at packs? I don't even know. Like, that's the bad thing. I kind of just I try to avoid queuing for games and stuff because the weird thing about packs i think we've talked about this before is that like the games are either they've just come out or they're a week away so Mm. if you're patient and you don't want to wait in a queue for like an hour or two like that's out of it but if you're like a tabletop fan you can just go and play tabletop games all day with people who are obviously like-minded because they're there too um so there's, there's something to be said for just walking around and kind of soaking up the atmosphere. And it's probably something I take for granted because we've done like the E3s and the games comms and stuff. But that that is exciting and energetic in its own. And I'm not sure like who's coming and what the booths are going to look like. It, it seems like it's going to be a little dialed down this year, but there's yeah. still that lovely atmosphere. Uh, I'm like, honestly looking forward to, we, we have a pub session plan for Survivor. So like anybody who's connected to the site gets to come and hang out if they want and grab a couple drinks and it'll just be fun to catch up and like meet new people even like you always meet someone randomly because like you've got a lanyard on or something they do and you have a chit chat about 
Zelda Tears of the Kingdom or whatever it's called. As you will. What about yeah. you? What are your tips? I'd agree. Um, so I would say, yeah, take take some time to take it all in. Don't try to rush around too much. Um, plan your days a little ahead if you want to go to some panels. So it depends how many days you're there. If you're there the whole three days, a little bit different if you're there for one day. If you're there one day, don't try to go to too many. Maybe just pick one or two you're interested in. You do have to get there a little early, and I yeah. think you normally have to wait a little bit. But that's cool. If you want, to, if you pick some that you want to go to, perhaps yours, for example, or any of the, other, the others that tickle your fancy, um, plan ahead for those so you're not kind of like, don't stand around in the hall looking at the program trying to figure out what to go to. Like If you have some idea what you want to do beforehand, it's much easier. Um, yeah, don't if there's like a Ubisoft or something there, I would actually skip those booths, the bigger publishers, because they always have the biggest lines, and it's always for stuff which is either just come out or about to come out. Um, and it's, you, you pretty much know what those games are. Like you can watch someone on YouTube playing them. Um, they're, they're they're AAA games that you come to expect. Like Skull and Bones would probably be there. Should Ubisoft be there? I don't even know, know if they are. That's just a random. Yeah, game. I don't know either. There there was what I was thinking of when I was thinking of like booths because they have like a really good booth, but I don't know if they're even going to be there. Yeah, so if the big publishers like that are there, I would avoid them because they've got the long lines. It's not worth lining up something for two hours because it's just, I mean, that's what a lot of these big shows have been in the past. Um, go to the indie section. There's a massive indie game scene in Melbourne. There are so many developers who come uh, to PAX because of that. And a lot of the time they're there. Like the people who've actually made this game are manning their booth. It's not some PR person. So they can talk you through what it is. They're super happy to chat. Um, they're also super happy just to let you kind of watch someone else play if that's what you prefer to do. Yeah. Um, if there's one game which is super popular and it's got a big line around it, just go to the one next door. Like there'll probably be space there. You'll get around yeah. it. I think that's a better way to take it on. That's that's more what this this event is. That's a really good tip. And to be honest, like that's how I first saw the uh, the Artful Escape and like I, a myriad number of of Australian games that I have imagined like they've just left my brain but like the artful escapes a great example and it was like completely different when i saw it then to when i like you know from what's out now um but like cool cool to see something and like you can chart a game from when you see it at pax to like when it comes out and just be amazed at, yeah. at what's happened um in terms of like my panel i don't think you have to worry about it being like sold out or anything like that but like don't rock up at four like probably try to aim for like a quarter two if it's you know whoever the story time opening speaker is has that even been announced yet probably not it oh, should sure. be a big name ish person so like don't don't expect to just like maybe you know rock up 10 minutes before and get in like you probably have to plan out you know walk by an hour before and see what the line looks like and decide if you're gonna commit to the queue or you know maybe miss it um yeah some of some of those panels will max out there it's not guaranteed seating in each panel for the amount of people that are going through that convention center so kind of plan yeah. accordingly i guess do that and as you say we enjoy going for a drink after uh whoever you're going with your friends maybe new friends you meet i would plan ahead for something whether it's getting a drink getting a coffee going for dinner or something because it's a long day and it's a big hall full of a lot of people so uh no matter how what type of person you are how much you like that or dislike that type of thing I think for everyone at some point, you kind of hit the wall of like, all right, I've had enough of having to like squirm past people because they're just so clogged up. I Let's need go. sunlight. <laughs> it's that, but it's it's that nice you get to sit down, you get to kind of escape momentarily from the people, but you're still with the small crew of people that you want to chat to about what you've just seen. So no matter what it is, PAX, E3, um, any type of game show like that, I think that that drink, that dinner, that soda water after, whatever you want to do, I think that's the, the kind of the 
let it all go and enjoy the debrief afterwards. Yep. There's a number of like gaming bars around like GG Easy, Bartronica. There's tabletop bars. Uh, if you're not into bars, there's tons of restaurants like Mjolnir. If you want to get like the kind of like Thor-like experience ahead of Ragnarok. And there's just like other like normal, not themed things in, in Melbourne CBD. So um, check it out. It'll be fun. We've lost Ben. I'm going to pause this and we'll come back when Ben is uh, reobtained. So that clearly was like the internet gods telling us to stop talking about packs. So let, let's move on. Uh, we'll talk about the return of Monkey Island, uh, of which obviously you've, by the time this is out, I think yeah, your review is online. Check out the review on the site. So as we've, we've shown how the sausage is made for this one episode, of as also last <laughs> week's episode, these two episodes only because you're in Italy at the moment, which means... I regret nothing. Of, at the time of recording, I played a little bit, but at the time of publishing i would have played the whole thing and you can read my review so it's either awesome or not awesome i don't really know just yet and i couldn't tell you if i did um, have you have you you finished the the first two that you were replaying? yeah, yeah, yeah. give and us a quick so rundown on that like it, obviously I, it feels like if you played one and you played the second one you found enjoyment in that or no yeah absolutely and i would recommend playing them uh if you're a console guy play the two special edition on series x because they're back and pat and they're full upscaled to 4k they look great um, and I really like the art style of those two games in the special edition way. You get voice acting. It's easier to play than the originals. I think they're super cheap on Steam as well. So yeah. worth playing. There is a recap, I think, at the start of um, Return of Monkey Island. If you These games are 30 years old, so they don't expect you to remember what happened because it does continue on straight away after number two. So, um, And that's really what we're talking about here. It's the return of sequels because uh, we don't often talk about games that, one, we, neither of us has played much, and two, that... Uh, only one of us has played because that's not fun for you, <laughs> the listener. Um, so I suppose what what other franchises or sequels would you like to see, or would we like to see, uh, get a sequel or a direct sequel in the way we should just kind of preface that Monkey Island has had other games, so but they don't been, count uh, now. <laughs> exactly. So that's what we're talking about here. It's been thirty one years since Monkey Island two. There's been like three or four since then, but this one has kind of said, "Yeah, I'm going to ignore those, and I'm going to go back to be a direct sequel to number two. Because it's got Ron Gilbert coming back. So he was the yep. original creator. He didn't work on any game since then. And he's continuing the story from where he left it off. So there are loads of situations like that. Maybe we'll run through just the, the main console holders and what they could possibly do, what we'd like to see yep. in that instance. I want to actually start with Xbox because there's an obvious one there in that uh, how great would it be just to see Bungie come... It can never happen, but to see Bungie come back to Halo and be like, you know what, we're just going to do Halo 4 and just pretend like those other games didn't exist. I'll tell you what, that is a good that is a good option. I honestly thought you were going to say like a sequel to Conquer. There's all, well, there's a bunch... I, of, well, yeah, like, I, I honestly thought that that's what you were referring to straight off the bat, but obviously... So, no. So, yes, I think Bungie... I don't think Bungie would ever go back to Halo. I think Bungie probably could no, go back to Halo and save it, but... We've talked, well, would be thing, we would have yeah. talked about that last episode, so I don't know if yeah, there's more to say. We don't need to talk about that, but yet Conquer's a great one that you just brought up, so they absolutely should. That's a sequel that's died off, which they could... I don't know who was the director of that, but maybe they could come back and do it again, because the, the remake or the remaster or whatever on the original Xbox was way better than the 64 game from a technical point of view, so... Yep. Um, they've got heaps, like Banjo-Kazooie, they kind of tanked, like, bring that back. So basically the rare games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. But also, also, like, playing Ratchet and Clank made me think, why did they just kill off Blink so early? Like, that was their, the original Xboxes. we need to have a character animal mascot thing. And it was a little ahead of its time. Like, it was quirky and weird and a little bit complicated, but it was, like, there are so few 3D platformers that that could have had more life to it. Yeah. Um, 
I know that Xbox doesn't have Activision yet, but like Activision, there was like a really good sweet spot in maybe like, I don't know, early 2000s or late later like 2010s depending on the the mm-hmm. license where they had like a lot of really good licenses and the and we've talked about this recently too I think but the licenses were really really good there was a ton of really good Star Trek games that came out of Activision like maybe t- t- 10 20 years ago that like if they got similar teams together and and did like Star Trek games right now mm-hmm. are like mobile gotcha garbage games and like I just want like a decent like there was Armada which was like a, t- a top down RTS there was um, like a Final Unity wasn't was an Activision, but like it was a really good point and click adventure. There was some, like decent, like uh, like Elite Force Voyager Elite Force was Raven, like which was like a it was a Quake mod essentially I think at the start, but like a really good like third a first person shooter. Like those things would be cool to see again. Like making use of licenses, like beyond the Marvel giving games to select people that they think will do a good job. I think there's something to be said in that. It's not really yeah. sequels though. Oh well, it's kind of it's a it's a return of something with an original studio. It's a similar similar thread. Uh, Nintendo's got a lot as well. I think F Zero is probably their main one that they've just kind of left be. Pilot uh, Wings. I think, yeah, Pilot Wings had a game on I think DS or 3DS. So it's been a little while. Uh, they seem to have just abandoned Star Fox because they did such a bad job of the last one. Yeah. Um, but like that's their own doing. Uh, yeah. So they. They've got their main... They're so caught up on their main franchises that I don't think they're ever going to bring some of these games back. Like F-Zero specifically, they just seem to not know what to do. So they're kind of like, we'll just leave that there and never do that again. Um, the one that I suppose they are doing is Metroid Prime. So a, a spin-off of Metroid, which was great, they gave it to someone else, they totally stuffed it up, and then they went back to the original studio. So a similar situation to Monkey Island. And hopefully a good one, because we talked about the Nintendo Direct last episode and Pikmin 4 magically re-emerging. Uh, that's another game which has kind of disappeared. So hopefully that does happen. Uh, any you can think of in that vein? From like uh, Nintendo? Really beyond that. Because they like everything they do, they just keep doing, apart from the ones that you've mentioned. So Yeah, and they, they probably don't have the same uh, reliance on one person in that they used to. Everything they, used to be like what Miyamoto wants, Miyamoto gets, but they've, they've phased him out quite well, really in the sense that he's still there, he's giving guidance, but he, they're not totally reliant on one man. Um, in the same way that Monkey Island's pretty reliant on Ron Gilbert now getting it back to having its its third in the trilogy officially, yep. there was a time where you'd never get a Mario, a Zelda, a Metroid, a Donkey Kong that wasn't like Without totally him. endorsed by Miyamoto. Um, and I think he'd still give the sign-off for all those games today, but he, I think he stepped back. Yeah, um, I honestly don't know who, who did Eternal Darkness. I think oh, Nintendo yeah. was directly... Doing I think it. they published it. Yeah, I so I don't know, but like I, I, I'd love to see an Eternal Darkness sequel. That mm. just kind of came to me. But anyway, yeah, sorry, PlayStation, Ape Escape, Ape Escape. People love Ape Escape because it kind of come back, come back with uh, PlayStation Plus. Uh, not directly PlayStation, but I would love to see Shinji get another go at Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think of him as a PlayStation man, but he's a Capcom man. Um, or he was. Now he's well. He's an Xbox man now. If Shinji um, came back, they'd probably just give it to. They'd just throw money at him to make it a PlayStation thing. So th- I think that counts. Yeah, well, he's one of the the few people who's kind of that Miyamoto Kojima level figure who is like so influential in the franchises they made. Um, and he he did a good job with Evil Within. Like I think they're both good games, but they just didn't have the the clout of Resident Evil. And you probably never would because I think they they got announced and they got reported as kind of like trying to do it again. 
Um, and so I think that's always going to be stuck in that shadow somewhat. But it would be just every like the fact that Resident Evil 4 is being remade, probably a good thing that it's being remade, remade by a different team. But how awesome would it be? Should he have been there? Uh, would just be all right. I'll make Shinji, of course, because we met him well, yeah, many years ago. Well, friend of the friend show. Of, the show. of That's course. Right. That's right. I can't really think of any others. Like, the ones that are keep, that keep coming into my brain, like, have already happened or are happening. Like, obviously, Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2 were, were quite distant from one another. Um, mm. And it wasn't so much that, uh, oh, my God, my brain's just stopped. Who is that? Tim Schafer. Thank you. That that Tim didn't want to do it. It's like he just kind of didn't have the funds to do it. So like they they pulled that together from from crowdfunding really, and then like bolstered it with the the Microsoft acquisition, which was great. And the other one that I like immediately think of hasn't come out yet, but it's it's been ten plus years, and that's Sam Lake finally getting a chance to do a proper Alan Wake sequel, which is Alan Wake Two coming out next year, and I I, I cannot wait. My entire life is like revolving around this game coming out. And it damn well better be good because, oh my God, the hype is real. Yeah, that's probably... We're not going to hit on another one, which is 31 years in between. But I think uh, I think 10 years is probably more realistic. It's so rare to get such a big gap and then have the same creator come back, finish off their trilogy, essentially. Um, I don't think we'll actually see it again. So I think Monk Return, of, Return to Monkey Island, or of Monkey Island, whatever it is. Two. Um, two. Too. I wrote the wrong it, thing. It didn't come back. Right. You go to it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you, you go back to it. Exactly. Uh, that's right. Because the first game is called The Secret of Monkey Island. This is Return to. That's why. Anyway, uh, it's great that it's happening. Rare that we're ever going to get that big of a gap again. But it's proof that it can happen. And like this game is not a small little indie game, even though that's how it's made. The IP is owned by LucasArts, which is owned by Disney. So like it's actually a huge company that owns this, and they've still made it happen. Which means there's hope for anything. That lost, long lost franchise that you desperately want to have come back, it's possible that it could happen unless it's owned by Nintendo, probably. But anyone <laughs> else, I think it can happen. We've definitely forgotten some. So if you want to chime in with your, uh, your thoughts, just chuck us a, a Twitter message, send us an email. What, or, is, our, what is our email? Podcast at Survivor.com or whatever. Okay. Just make up whatever you want at Survivor.com. It'll probably get to me. Uh, unless it's Ben at Survivor.com, which I guess I just gave out your email, but it's not that hard to crack, to be honest. So, uh, well, you can email them. Enjoy the spam. I don't think it's well, going to happen. No need. I digress. Uh, this, you will enjoy this because you and I have enjoyed a game of Ubisoft Trivia Pursuit Live uh, on the odd occasion. So I thought, what better way than to me to quiz you, Friendly Fire Edition? Okay. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I have come up with... I'm going to ask you 10 questions okay. about games, but there's a second part of this, which is I've tried to target these to you. So okay. they should be on your gaming knowledge. Let's see how well I actually know your gaming taste. I'll let you know if they're multiple choice or not. Okay. Uh, so I I'm, would, am I trying to game the system and like answering no. incorrectly because you're going to also answer and no, no, see no. if you match or something? No, I'm not answering at all. You're okay. just trying to get... So just match. answer truthfully. Just answer truthfully. Okay. See how well you do. I should probably keep score out of 10. It's a 10-round 10, 10 quiz. Uh, I'll, tr I'll just do that in my head. 
Uh, we, I, if we had I a, can hold a higher up fingers budget, if you want, you yeah. tell me if I put a finger up or something. We'll have a, a higher. If we had a higher budget, we'd have a banging soundtrack right now. But we we don't need the background music. Just think about it in your head. If this was like a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you know. The yeah, music and I'm I'm not right. editing in music just in case that no. was some sort of like weird attempt to get me to do it. It's not happening. Okay, good. It was not. I'm. It's, it's all in your head. It's all <laughs> just whatever sound you would like to hear now. Pretend that's right there. So, right. question one: mm-hmm. Who, as of right now, has the highest gamer score in the world? According uh, to True Achievements, it's not you. I don't think it's it's. I, the only one I can think of is Stallion eighty three, but I don't know if that's true anymore. It's it not could so be Randall Thor, but I've already given you an answer. You've already well, you can you can talk it through. Well, uh, from the look on your face, maybe it is Randall Thor, so I'm going to stick with that. No, it's not. I don't know. It's similar. It's Redemption Denied. He has three million three hundred and fifty thousand gamer score as of right now. I don't know who that is, so I would never would have gotten that right. So uh, zero fingers held up. Mm, zero. Well, so what's your gamer score? You're close. Uh, it's getting to. I'm not close at all. It's getting close to seven hundred thousand. I'm not entirely. It's like seven six seventy or something. Six eighty, something like that. Okay, little while. To I don't know anymore. I'm trying to be a better person, Ben. Oh yes, well I believe that. Uh, so zero from ten so far. Uh, question two: What is the best-selling game on Xbox 360 according to Wikipedia? Now this is multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, Minecraft? B, Call of Duty Five? Uh, sorry, Grand Theft Auto Five. C, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three, or D, Connect Adventures? No one likes Modern Warfare Three. Connect Struck Adventures came with the Connect, did it? Mm, good point. Yes. But did anyone get a Connect? No. Did you have to get the Connect with Xbox One? Yes. What was the? It's 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 GTA Five. I will give you one hint. GTA it's, Five came out at the very end of the 360. It's the Call of Duty part. one that you said. Then did you say Call of Duty? I no. did say Call of Duty. Modern Warfare Mine- Three though. No one likes Modern Warfare Three. Minecraft. It's Minecraft. They're all very close. I don't know. It's the one you didn't say. It's Connected Adventures, 24 million copies because it came with the Connect, 21 million for Minecraft, 23 million for GTA 5, and 15 million for Modern Warfare 3. You got that right. That's the worst performing. Don't you love it when I tell you the answer, but then go, that can't be right. So I'll pick every other one. You were on the right track with the, it came with the Connect, so it must be it. Uh, Now, this one I think is the most in your wheelhouse of any question. Question three. Three-part multiple choices. Well, see, it's not multiple choices. Three options you can work through. In the game Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which of these characters were voiced by their TV show actors? So A, Buffy Summers. No. B, Willow Rosenberg. And no. C, Rupert oh, Giles. 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 Uh, and it was him. He was voiced by the actor who is Rupert Correct. someone. And I met him in Melbourne one time randomly as he was getting on a tour bus to go to the the uh, Great Ocean Road. It was great. You got that. His name is uh, Anthony Head, correct? Stuart he Head, TV but yes. Game. Stuart Head. I have one right. You've got one right. you got the other two as well. Oh, it what? Could be either. Which, oh. Uh, Willow was in the first one, but I don't think she was in the second one. It was uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar was never a voice on the Buffy games. Correct. Got it. You got Alison Hannigan was in the first Buffy the Vampire Slayer Because the second and- one, Chaos Bleeds, I think she got too famous for her own good and then didn't do it. We've nailed it. You know the voice actors of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So, one out of ten is your current score. Very good. You should <laughs> probably get three points for that one, actually. That was well, a, I'll that see was you, you're scoring, but I'll take three points if you want. 
you can have three points. Yes. It's a weird system where you could potentially get up to 30 out of 10. Uh, question <laughs> four. In Resident Evil 2, what color is the key card that unlocks the door in the main hall of the police station? Is oh. it A, silver, B, red, C, blue, or D, gold? I had blue in my head, and I was hoping you'd say blue, and it could be red, but I'm going to say blue. Nailed it. Absolutely, it is okay. blue. That is another... Well, there you will, House. Buffy and Resident Evil 2, so I would expect you would know those. Well, uh, four out uh, of ten. did you mean the remake or the original? And Did you mean the... Uh, DualShock extended version, or like I don't know. It's probably it's probably blue. Doesn't matter. I don't know. It's, I got uh, it right. Why am I complaining? Nothing. Right. Well, you, you're contesting the one that you got right. Outrageous. <laughs> Question five: Who did Nolan North replace as the voice of Ghost in Destiny? Uh, Peter Dinklage. Yes, correct. It was a big news article at the time. It was, it was like a, I can't remember why it was such a scandal though. Um, well, it's the thing that happens in Destiny. So he was too expensive, so they got Northern North to replace him. And then they had uh, Nathan Fillion as Cade, and he got too expensive, so they killed him off. And then I think before they killed him off, they even had Northern North doing the voice of Cade as well. So he was like doing double duty. And the same yeah. thing happened. Uh, I, oh, that's really bad. I forget her name. But whoever was in Firefly um, was the voice of Akora. And she got too expensive, so they got someone to replace her. So. That's oh, what happens, I guess, when you have a, a live service game that's not bringing in as much money as it used to, or like Activision isn't prepared to pay the money for you, in the case of Bungie. Hmm. Well, that's there amazing you. history. We've got a gigantic history lesson there. So More <laughs> than I thought you'd know. No, no, that's all good. That's the, uh, you worked it through. Uh, question six. What is the name of the local celebration that Alan Wake is invited to? Uh, Deerfest. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Easy rem- well, that was an easy one. That was a, well, that been the first question. I'm feeling so good about myself, but the first two questions I completely bombed, but uh, that's fine. That's all right. Well, well, this is another easy one. What was the name of Ellie's friend in the Last of Us Left Behind DLC? I don't know. Because I can't remember. Um, nah, I've got nothing. You got nothing? Uh, Riley was her name. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Nah, I didn't... I didn't play the the re-remastered version of that uh dlc yet or maybe never i don't know we'll see but it was really good and it was she's a cool character i just completely forgot her name well that's fine uh now this one is probably the trickiest question because it's about you entirely from true achievements according to true achievements how many uh how many days have you earned five thousand plus gamer score in one day i probably don't want to know the answer to this i'll I'll give you a hint They've all been post-COVID. Uh, is it going to be double digits? Probably. Because there's times at the end of the year where I'm like, oh, I got to hit like the next 100,000 thing post in COVID. I'm going to say... So it's in less than two years. You never did this prior to 2020. I'm going to say... Eight. Close. Six. Okay, good. Six well, that, no, I'm, I'm happy it's lower than I thought. That's... You've never hit 10,000 in one day. You've done 8,735 was your highest that true achievements attract. Uh, so you've got something to aim for. Thank you, uh, Raidalika <laughs> Games and all of your very uh, kind of suspect high gamer score, low time uh, endeavors. Hmm. Uh, question nine. So two parts to this one. The first part uh, is who was the company boss that announced Halo when it was first shown? And what was Master Chief known as at the time? Was it A, the player, 
B, the cyborg, C, the hero, or D, the super soldier? What was this? What was option C? Sorry. Option C, the hero. D, the super soldier. B, the cyborg. A, the player. I'm going to go super soldier because I don't know. And that seems the most bungee like. And the boss who announced it? The company boss. So it was a, a head of a company announced Halo on stage. And Wasn't he showed it the first, Bill uh, Gates and The Rock? I'm going to say Bill Gates. It might not have been The Rock. I'm just going to say Bill Gates. Uh, yeah, you've gone the wrong company. It was Steve Jobs. It was announced at Mac. Oh, of Mac course, it was Apple. And it was an Apple game until it went to uh, Xbox acquired. Uh, and also wrong on the, the chief's name. He was known as the Cyborg for some reason. For ages, apparently, until he became the Master Chief. So I should take that a, helmet and throw it out. It was a, it? a third-person shooter at the time. So totally different game. Uh, and a, a strange time, the fact that it was announced by Steve Jobs. So what a different world we could have lived in. And no rock. The rock was definitely not there. I was thinking, I think the Xbox launch is what <laughs> I was thinking Xbox. about. Yeah. That would have been a good question too. <laughs> he, that was when he was rocking like the turtleneck and the sunglasses, like a good look. Oh, the weird hair. T- yeah. Yeah. That anyway, was a good time. I don't get a bonus point for that. I still have the, the, the three from that one question though. So I'm not doing too bad. That's right. But lucky you got that. Uh, final <laughs> question. Question 10. In Batman Arkham Asylum, which of these three villains do you fight first? Is it A, Scarecrow, B, Bane, or C, Poison Ivy? <sighs> yeah, this is the problem. It's a, it's a thinking game. It's good because it's linear, but like, what happened? Um, Poison Ivy. Oh, no. So you Early fight or, Bane and he like hits you out the end, and then you're back on the thing, and you get the you get you call for the you call for another tool. Not that that's helping me. You probably got a thirty-three percent chance here. Well, I definitely have a thirty-three percent chance. <laughs> um, I keep wanting to say Scarecrow, but I don't think that's right. But I also just don't know what the answer is going to be. Otherwise, so ooh, Bane. I'm going to say Bane. Ooh, it's either Bane or it's not Poison Ivy. Is it Poison Ivy? It's not Poison Ivy. I'll give okay, you that. Okay. Good. Great. <laughs> it might be. One of the other two. Not necessarily the first fight of the game. It's the first fight out of these three. Oh, well, then Scarecrow. Because, like, I don't know if you mean, like, a little weird thing or, like, the full Scarecrow fight. I'm just going to say Scarecrow then. Because that's Correct. what I thought of initially. All right. You gave me that one, but I'll take it. That's Well, yeah, that's it. So, in- including your three pointers that you got for the Buffy game, you got three, four, five, six, uh, seven out of ten. Pretty good. That's Pretty not that good. bad. Every that, score, seven out of ten. That was really fun. Thank you. And I feel bad because I've never thought to do this for you. And I'm clearly not going to do it before I leave. So I'll, I'll probably for also forget in a month. But we'll, uh, I'll surprise you at a certain point with let's, the, the let's Ben version. Pretend. This is certainly not filler content at all because we had nothing else for this week. This is a quality part of the Friendly Fire show. Uh, and you know, seven out of ten. So I'd be happy with that. Well, thank quality you. I'll, I'll pick on you later. Um, how do we find you on the internet? How do we gain access to your amazing return to Monkey Island review? now that it's available to read and you've come to a conclusion about it. Yes, you'll be able to find that on Survivor or my Twitter, which is Ben underscore Salter, or find me walking around packed in about two weeks, a week and a half uh, from now. I think I'll be there on the Saturday at some point until we're off to the pub and had enough. But in that time that I'm there, I'll be loving it. So that's where you'll find me. Where do we find you when you're back from Italy? Uh, S-Write-A-U. And if you want to go to my Instagram, you can see pictures of pizza or something, I'm sure. It'll be good. Uh... And that's it. Uh, thank you again, Ben. That was really fun. That was super cool. I 
I am indebted to you for a very fun and engaging thing. That's all about me. So of course it's amazing. Um, We'll see you. We'll see you soon in actual person, Ben, in Melbourne. But everybody else, we'll see you uh, next week, and then maybe again at PAX. That's right. See you then.